and welcome to episode 42 of The Postcast. I'm Sean Fairholm with co-host Cassie Stein. How's it going, Cass? Can't complain, Sean. We did get some more snow last night, so I still don't see golf in our future up here in western New York. Yeah, when's the golf season start around there? Yeah, probably not till June this year. <laughs> oh my goodness. I know you're joking, but I'm still, it still hurts. <laughs> it does, right? I'm hoping maybe early April, middle of April. That's okay. when we normally shoot for up here. So that's not too bad. Okay, good. Good. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, my, my, my dad, uh, his birthday is April 25th, and he used to live up in Canada. And they said, right around my birthday, I get to start playing golf. So that's... There we go. That's good. There we go. Yeah, it's not bad. Not yeah. bad. Yeah, all right. Well, I mean, last week, the Sony Open was super weird, wasn't it? We had like a, a oh, missile gosh. threat. Um, a bunch of the production staff for Golf Channel just kind of walked off before uh, Sunday. And the telecast featured really like no announcers, just somebody in studio from Orlando. And um, and then these poor souls were stuck having to announce six holes of playoff golf. And it wasn't the most stellar playoff between Patton Kazire and uh, James Hahn. But uh, nice to see Patton get a get a win, right? Uh, second second win in uh, only a few months here. He won in Mexico uh, in the fall, so a couple of quick wins for him, right? Yeah, talk about early player of the year mm. nominee, right? I mean, that's yeah. two wins and four starts. That's, that's pretty good. And when you're having that momentum, I feel like you can just keep building on that and having those top ten, top five, maybe even another win finishes. I mean, we saw that last year with Justin Thomas. He just went on a run. Yeah, and another one of these SEC golfers, Patton from Auburn, you know, another one of these SEC guys that's uh, that's come up and, and been so strong. Kind of a late bloomer. He's 31, kind of uh, coming on strong here. These, these are his first two PGA Tour victories of his career, but he's playing so well recently. Yeah, and not to really jump ship too much, but if college golf wasn't um, match play atmosphere, I think the mm. SEC would just dominate mm. stroke play all the time, to be honest with you. So you see all these guys coming from the SEC, you you know why. They're a really good conference and they succeed on the PGA Tour because that's, you know, that's their ultimate goal, that's their ultimate dream and th- they get them ready for that. Absolutely. Yeah, Georgia especially being all those guys coming out of Georgia's is right? is pretty incredible. Well, today's topic uh, is kind of centered on the the length of careers and how short of a career will these young guys, you know, currently um, Justin Thomas being one of them, uh, one of these young guys, how short of a career will these guys end up with? And also, do we miss seeing more older players categorized as, you know, 40 and over winning golf tournaments on the PGA Tour and European Tour? So uh, we have Louine Mayer coming onto the show. Louine is an excellent reporter for us from across the pond, uh, always has a fascinating view of things. Um, before we bring our oncast, you look at someone like Jason Day, who uh, Louine references in, in her article. Jason's 30 years old. He's reached number one. He's won a major. He's won 10 times in the PGA Tour. And he, he goes at the ball pretty hard. And so do a lot of guys kind of in his age bracket of, you know, in the 20 to 30s. Um, a lot of health issues. Then you look at a guy like Rory. You look at Brooks Kepo. Kepka with his wrist wrist injury recently, and then over on the woman's side, Michelle Wee, Paula Creamer. Are are we in a new era here where players kind of go hard and have shorter uh, injury plague 
careers and are uh, hobbling around in retirement while they have a couple of major trophies in the mantle behind them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It must be nice though. They <laughs> still have those majors. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> but maybe I don't, it's crazy to think like, like before, I don't, I don't even know a year before, before this happened, but you never heard of guys getting injured. Mm. Right. R- it, rarely. It, 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 yeah. Rarely. Right. And now, and now everyone with this new generation of working out, you mm-hmm. lift before you're round, you lift after you round your stretch, you do all this, you do all that. It's like now everyone's hurt. Everyone's out three months with a rib injury or, mm. you know, or with, with a shoulder injury. It, it's like, wh- where did we go wrong here? Cause I don't want these guys having a shorter career span. Do you? No, no. And I found this, I found this interesting. I'll try to just kind of go through this quickly. Last year, I, I counted three guys in 2017 who won while they were 40 or over. Um, Henrik won in Greensboro. Duffner had just turned 40 and won at Memorial. And then we had Ryan Armour, who won. Uh, that was a good story, winning in Mississippi on the wraparound season. And uh, in 2007, I, just, I picked a random year. I went 10 years back from that. I found 10 or 11 guys who won who were 40 and over like Justin Leonard and Mike Weir and like Paul Goidos and all these guys who at the time were, were, were winning. And, um, I mean, these guys have been kind of obsolete almost for a while. These guys who are, who are now, um, I should say Justin Leonard is now 45. Mike Weir is now 47. They were winning back then. They weren't 40 and over back then, but you know, there, there was a huge group of guys at that time, who are winning and who are older players. And I, I don't know, I kind of miss that that part of the game. Do you? I mean, like having more uh, older players win? Honestly, I love when Phil Mickelson wins. Yeah. I think it's so much fun when he wins. I think he just makes the game fun. He makes it better. So when he's, you know, when he's strolling up that 18th fairway with, you know, that Phil walk and that Phil grin and his thumbs up going, I think that's so fun for everyone to see it. Like, the fans, the players, the youth coming up. I, I think it's just great. I think it's great for golf too because it just shows the longevity of it, that you can win at any age. You can you can do what you love. You can keep playing the game. But I, I like you said, I don't know if we're going to see that much longer. I don't think so. I don't. Th- I mean, I think every year we'll have a couple of guys who pop up who, who win who are a little bit older. But I think for the most part, we're going to really see this trend of guys who are younger, um, going at the ball harder, um, mm-hmm. the, the longer distances kind of prevailing over some of the other aspects of the game. Um, it's amazing to think that, like I mentioned, Justin Leonard and Mike Weir, you know, being like they're currently in their mid forties and they've both won major championships a long time ago mm-hmm. and they've been obsolete for, uh, you know, a long time now, almost a decade, both of them, right. you know, they were, they were right. in their thirties and their career was like kind of over. Which, is, which yeah, is amazing to think about that, like, you know, obviously they're they're two very short hitters and they just kind of the game evolved to the point where they couldn't really compete anymore, which is uh, which is a shame. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And then that gets into the, you know, are the courses too long mm. that we had our on discussion the last week? Yeah. Our postcast discussion last week. So it's like it's like, where do we draw the line here? You know, um, so I'm this is going to be a great interview with Louine and everyone should tune in to listen to it.
And now for the first time, we welcome on Louine Mayer onto the postcast. How are you doing today? I'm very well, thank you. I see weather here in Scotland, but uh, I survived it. <laughs> you wrote an excellent column in this week's edition of The Post talking about Colin Montgomery and his opinion on swing speed and injuries. Uh, what do you make of his comments? I think what he said is very, very valid, and I think it's valid in a whole lot more sports than merely tennis and golf. I think mm-hmm. everybody's, um, in work and everything else, everybody's pouring in, pouring more into their day, aren't they? And the, the athletes are no different. The golfers practice for longer. I mean, in Korea, the women practice for about eight hours at a time. So it's it's not surprising that people are getting all these injuries. I mean, it's only about, I think probably about 50 years ago, you had the pros playing, the professional golfers playing in the winter, in the summer and then taking a few months off in the winter to do something else. Mm-hmm. So it's now it's all day, every day and throughout the year. The, uh, the, the career lifespan for athletes now is getting so, so much shorter and shorter, as you mentioned, especially in sports like tennis, where some of these female players are ending their careers in their, in their late 20s. Um, what is your prediction for the length of careers that, that Rory and Jason Day and some of these young golfers who really attack the golf ball, how long are their careers going to last, do you think? distance being what what feels like kind of a disproportionate marker of success now. It wasn't that long ago when players 40 and over won with regularity on on the PGA Tour and European Tours, and now it seems like that feat is is quite rare now. Is that a part of the game that we we kind of miss having? I think we miss having, I I think it's lovely when you get some older guy winning. I think it's very Mm -hmm. encouraging for people who play the game, and we want more people playing the game. while we obviously want a lot of young people playing it, you don't want to ignore the older set because they're the ones that could go on and on and on playing. Mm -hmm. So, and it's always an exciting story if you get an older player coming through and beating the young ones. Everybody (laughs) loves that. (laughs) We see at the Open Championship sometimes with Greg Norman and Tom Watson, we've had a a few good stories, but not not enough, right? Not enough. No, I think think they're great stories and you always do want different stories. Mm -hmm. You don't want and he then got into playing. 
and now he's a winner on the European tour and he's, he's encouraging all sorts of caddies and poor Indians and making them realise that being a caddy, you know, they can go on from there and be like him and that's the wonderful kind of story to tell. I once watched that chap eating Ernie Els and Mark O'Meara out in um, New Delhi and I think that was the most fun I've ever had watching a tournament because hundreds of little caddies were following after Charatia. <laughs> Winning the the Indian Open, quite quite an accomplishment having your home crowd there, especially uh, that kind of environment being on a European tour event. Such a cool story. Oh, it was such a cool story. It may have been mm-hmm. an Indian Masters, but one or the other, it was one of the big ones. And yeah. It was just terrific to watch. And the, the other interesting thing about that guy is that he wasn't even big and strong like the players you see out there today. You know, because he probably hadn't had that great a diet as a kid, but he did it just the same. And you mm-hmm. always, you know, in golf, you always hope for odd stories like that. So um, I hope it doesn't become too one-dimensional. I, you know, I don't think it will, because you've got um, Tyrrell Hatton among the Europeans. Is only Monty mentioned him. He's only five foot nine inch. Now he looks very small against some of the big guys. And yet he's making his mark, and uh, as Monty said, I think he's going to be very disconcerting in a Ryder Cup context. Mm-hmm. As will be Tommy Fleetwood, and both of them went three and zero in the Eurasia Cup this uh, this past weekend. Uh, what do you what do you make of uh, of Tommy and his game, and how he how far he's come along? Well, Tommy's wonderful. Yes, no, he's a, he's a great young player and full of enthusiasm, always smiling, and a, a very nice young man. There's nothing you know, he's he's very modest and. Um, He's um, had his heroes. I think his great heroes were, um, well, Monty was one of them, and um, Ernie Els another. And he was telling me um, recently, I think it told me, that um, he actually got autographs from um, Monty and Ernie <laughs> when he was very small, and he meant such a lot to him. And he came so close to the U.S. Open last year at Aaron Hills. He had such a good chance to uh, to win down the stretch there. I'm sure he'll. He'll definitely have his chance to uh, to win a major here soon, right? Oh, I'm sure he will. I mean, mm-hmm. that's a very good first attempt. You know, it, you almost want to see them doing it in stages rather than coming up and winning, you know, when they're not expected to. And then suddenly they've got this heap of expectation on their shoulders. I think it's almost better that they um, don't, as I say, do it all at once. Before I let you go, I want to talk about uh, last week on our show... We discussed whether courses need to be lengthened or if there are other solutions to addressing this, uh, this distance problem in golf. Uh, are you in favor of, of uh, changing the golf ball or changing another part of the equipment of the game? Or uh, where, where do you stand on that issue? I would be in favor of bringing, um, bringing back the golf ball because mm-hmm. that's the easiest thing to do. Yeah. Um, and also, while well, people would you know, complain for a week or so that it was, it's no fun watching them only hitting 330 yards instead of 350 or whatever. <laughs> They'd soon get used to it, and the same by the same token, the players themselves would get used to hitting a little less if they're all doing the same. I know it can make for financial problems if um, you know the you know whatever the manufacturer's fault it mm-hmm. is. You know they're not being you know they're not going to enjoy being told to rein them in, but I think it has to happen. Because I don't think you can go on making courses longer at a time when you're building more and more houses. So there's just no room for them to get longer. Yeah. Even St Andrews, um, you know, a few years ago, they had to put a tee outside their course, you know, mm. in the grounds of the old course hotel. 
So, you know, you can't start putting teas in the middle of housing estates to make courses longer. And it takes, you don't want to do anything that's going to encourage the game to, you know, make the game longer because it's taking long enough already. Mm. We don't need seven-hour rounds. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think too many wives like husbands being away for seven hours at a time anyhow like that. How much does course setup, beyond uh, changing the distance, how much does course setup, you know, lengthening the rough, uh, making the greens faster, how much do you think that has to uh, to do with, with being able to take down some of these scores? We've seen all these 59s and uh, these very low scores being shot in majors with Brandon Grace shooting a 62 at the Open last year. Uh, how much does course setup have to, have to factor into it? I think they're exciting. I don't think they need to be. They need to be stopped artificially. I mean, you can do things. Monty talked about how it's Augusta. You know, they're always playing into the grain nowadays, against the grain, so the ball isn't going so far. And um, there's a limit. You know, they'll find little things they can do, lots of little bits and pieces, but it's not going to make an awful lot of difference. Mm -hmm. It needs to be the ball that yeah. uh, does it all. You know, clubs, and obviously it'd be easier for the ball to be made. Um, well, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Louine, thank you so much for, for joining us. It was a pleasure. Well, no, lovely to talk to you. Thanks again to Louine for jumping on our podcast postcast this week. Um, it was awesome to have her on for the first time. But, Sean, I have a few follow-up questions with you. What was your favorite part about this interview with her? I think her accent was my favorite part. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could listen to her all day. Just having her narrate my life would be a dream come true. No, Louine is a fantastic reporter, and I love her comment about just the length of careers, I find, I find that very interesting. She is uh, not very bullish at all that players are going to play senior golf. So, uh, you know, these guys who are uh, the Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas's of the world right now um, going out and playing beyond 50, whereas you have Phil Mickelson, who's 48 right now, and he could easily play senior golf if he wanted to. Just because uh, he, he, he plays the game differently. He has like a little bit of a longer swing, a little bit of a smoother motion. Hasn't, hasn't kind of, you know, had a ton of injuries throughout his career. So, yeah, I found it kind of fascinating that she, I mean, she was saying that a lot of these guys who are starting out now, they may only get to like their mid-30s playing golf, which, which is kind of scary to think about, isn't it? Yeah, it's in, yeah. A sh it's in a shame too, you yeah. know? Like, I, I don't want that to happen. I want them going the distance. Yeah, yeah. I want them playing late into their careers. Absolutely, yeah. You, more chances to win majors and, yeah, Absolutely. but, yeah, I mean, yeah, you think about Rory, um, you know, he's approaching 30 now. How long will he play golf? It'll be very interesting to see uh, see how long his career lasts, but Louine's saying uh, not too long. Don't, don't bet on it being uh, that long because... You know, you got to remember a guy like him. He has four majors. He's mm -hmm. he's done pretty much everything you can in the game of golf besides win a Masters, and um, 
he has all the money in the world pretty much. These guys make so much money in a short time span now. Uh, and that's kind of the new the new model. Go hard for 10 years and then uh, kind of make what you can, do what you can accomplish and uh, have a lot of injuries and then you're set. You know who I kind of felt has done that and it's totally different sport and I, I think Serena Williams. Mm. Right. She just had her baby. She went hard. You know, she went hard. She broke all the records, basically. And now she's having a baby. She didn't play in the Australian. Granted, she just had the baby in September, but she went hard and she got her money. And I I don't know if we'll see her. I mean, we'll see her, but will we see her much longer? Like like we said. Yeah. And tennis is is one of the sports that's the the biggest culprit, especially female tennis. Like Mm -hmm. you have people retiring in in their late 20s. Now it's almost it's like it's like football. Just to start that family. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right, and to start and to start that family and whatnot. Mm-hmm. All right. So now, so now, do you agree with Louine when when she said about the expectations of careers today? Yeah. No, I'm totally on board with that. I okay. think I think it, it's right. definitely. I don't know. I don't know what you feel, but I'm I'm definitely uh, on board with that. I think it's. Uh, I'd be very surprised if you saw someone like Justin Thomas playing in the into, the, into his 40s. I, I think his career is going to probably end in his late 30s. And I don't think well, even a guy like Dustin Johnson, who is what 30. Three, I want to say somewhere around there. I don't, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think he's going to play a, a ton longer. I think he'll maybe play five, six, seven more years, maybe. But I don't think he's going to be a guy playing into his late forties. Wow. Well, that it's definitely an interesting topic, mm-hmm. and I'm glad we talked to Halloween about it. And thanks for getting that interview. It was, it was pretty awesome. So. Um, let's jump right into the schedule this week, shall we? Absolutely. On the PGA Tour, on the PGA Tour, we go to the Career Builder Challenge in La Quinta, California. We move to the West Coast, where Phil Mickelson makes his 2018 debut, and that's who I'm going with this Ooh. week. I am picking Phil Mickelson with his brother on the bag. He hired him full time last year, and he's, he was playing well into late 2017. I pick him to win this week. How about you, Sean? I'll take Brian Harmon. Uh, he's played so well recently. Uh, I believe he has like four top tens in his last four starts. He's played really well, uh, was in the last group of the Sony open, uh, last, last weekend, mm-hmm. uh, on, on Sunday. So yeah, I think he, uh, another Georgia bulldog, maybe, uh, picking up a win. So All right. yeah, another, another solid pick this week. We'll see if either of us come out on top, which is most likely a negative, No, but both but, of our picks last week did. Okay. Right. They, they both made the know, cut. <laughs> yeah. They both made the cut. I think Zach Johnson finished T 12 and yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay to start the year like that. Yeah, I think, yeah, I, I want to say Leishman was not quite that high, but I think he was right. like, you know, T40 or something. But yeah, yeah, you know, this is just a warm up. We're getting warmed well, up here. We're trending upwards. We're trending as upwards. The young, as the young kids say. <laughs> um, and this week on the European tour, we at the, we're at the Abu Dhabi HSBC Championship where Rory McIlroy makes his debut as well. So I'm excited to see what he does in 2018 because I think he's going to have a huge year. How about you? I, I do. I do too. I think he's uh, yeah. coming off of last year where he really didn't get a whole lot accomplished with the injuries and no wins okay. last year, right? So uh, you'd have to think that he's gonna he's gonna come back and get a couple this year. Super. But that's all the time we have left this week. Don't forget to check out our redesigned magazine on globalgolfpost.com as the subscription is free. So definitely check that out. It's pretty awesome if you ask Sean and I as well. Mm -hmm. But until next time, hit them straight. See you later.